somebody from Scotland, a lovely brother, arrived there to speak, to preach. And I had the privilege to be his translator. And at that moment, I feel or I felt that was amazing to serve in any way, to serve God's mission. And one thing that he said for us or to us that in the church in that moment was, sorry, because I don't know how to speak your language. Sorry is my fault. And he preached. And I tried to translate. And I felt so amazing to see his respect for our language, our nation, our people, and everything that we are as a different country, in a different culture, but he respected us. God has his own way to do things, and now I'm here. And sorry, because I don't know how to speak your language. And I will try to do it. Here, I asked God for three things. One, it was that maybe, Lord, may I have a translator? The second one is, please, can you give somebody to preach in my place? And the third, make a miracle. And may they understand what I want to share. I believe that the third one is the easiest one now for God. When I watched this movie of OM, I felt myself useless. Look to how many things or how much has been done around the world for people that is given their lives to serve Jesus, to go to other nations, to preach the gospel, to show Jesus to these people, to make Jesus known. And my question is, how do you feel? How do you feel before everything that we saw here or we heard here, not only in this movie, but everything that we have been hearing in these last weeks about mission. Talking about mission is a privilege for me. As a missionary far from my country for a few years now, it's a great gift to be with you, to be here and share what God has put, has done, has placed in our hearts. Talking about missions is always a good thing. It's always amazing. Good because it makes us think about the true meaning of this word. And more than this, the real value that we have to this word in our hearts, in our lives. When we talk about mission, we usually speak to those who are already known by Jesus or who already know Jesus and are willing to obey him with all their hearts with all this strength before the task entrusted to us. But we also speak to those who are the target of this mission, the target of all the effort that we can do as a church, those who do not know Jesus, and yet they are the target of his love and compassion. Are, this is our series of sermons for the, this month and maybe the next one. But I would, like, I would like to show you, I would like to share with you a video, a small one, 
And uh, Johnny said, maybe we could bring some popcorn today, but so many movies and so many films, and it should be good to be here in this way. But I'd like to see if you remember this, or if you know this video that we have here. seen, have you watched Amazing, Mission Impossible, a series, North American TV series, from 1966 to 1972 at that time. And later, 19, if I'm not wrong, I didn't put here, 96, it came to the big screen with Tom Cruise and all the famous uh, franchising of the movie. And the last one was last year. Really good. Mission Impossible. Every time that I see this phrase, this statement, and this plate, Mission Impossible. I remember when the series arrived to Brazil. The series was there in the 80s. And I, as a teenager, I remember this in Brazil, watching that movie, watching that series every Friday late evening, late afternoon. It was amazing to see those things, that adventure, all the things that we had there. A great adventure, a huge challenge presented to Ethan Hunt. Remember? Ethan Hunt was the great spy and the man that was the hero of this series. For each episode, episode, the task, the mission, if they decided to accept, remember? This is the point. If they decided, if you, Ethan Hunt, decided to accept, your mission is to save the world. Nothing more than this. Nothing more than save the world. Impressively, into our still childish surprise at that time, they always succeeded. Always, although it seemed impossible, they always succeeded. A little later, as a military man, each time I received my new mission, my heart filled with adrenaline. Wow. Thinking about the adventure, the danger, and of course, all the responsibility, and sometimes the suffering before me in that mission. We, the church of the Lord Jesus, each one of us here, we also received a task, a mission, which has no option to be rejected. And this is the difference. But has the same goal, save the world. The scope is the same, the task is the same, but we cannot reject it. We cannot say no. In the previous two Sundays that we had, we had been talking about this thing, about this mission. This is indeed an impossible, impossible mission. If we 
evaluate, evaluate the size and scope of what has been entrusted to us with our own eyes, with our own limitations and weaknesses. We have heard in the first one, the first Sunday, about the God's big picture. And uh, we met this man. You know him? It's the best picture that he sent to me. And so, Mr. B, this is Abram. And Abram received a task. We look to this big picture of God, this mission of God, and Abram received the task of blessing all the people. Blessing all the peoples of the earth, all families, all nations, if we go deep in this word, families at that time. Yes, it's really impossible. Because that word reaches us. Through all these years, arrived to us here. And we know that only with the Lord by our side, only with Him walking and carrying us, we can do this. Only with His blessing on our lives, it will be possible to bless all the peoples, all the peoples around us. We have an impossible mission before us. This impossible mission, if we think we can accomplish it by our own strength, strength, strategies or abilities, like the heroes of the movie, we cannot do it. It's impossible. We had our second Sunday and talked about how God empowers us to share the gospel. And again, we have something amazing given to us. We will find that for ourselves, for ourselves, we are weak, we are fragile, we are shy, we are limited, and even fearful in the face of an oppressive and cruel world that resists the message we need to proclaim, we want to proclaim, we desire to share. But in a wonderful way, we receive the power from the high. God's own Holy Spirit, which enables us to meet every challenge and witnesses and be a witness to the ends of the earth about Him who has redeemed us and transformed our lives. You will receive power when from above the Holy Spirit be with you. The power to accomplish the mission is given to us for the purpose of showing the world the only one who can save. Today, as we meditate on the taste we have just read, and thank you, John, for your amazing English that I heard here. When we meditate about how Cornelius, that man and his family, were met by the salvation of the Lord through the message of Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross, Jesus. A powerful event, really powerful, that clearly demonstrates all God's sovereignty and his move toward the fulfillment of the mission. We could spend hours here talking about just this part of the test. Aspects such the visions, the voices, the supernatural, 
the meaning and symbolism of the images, food, eat, don't eat, the issues between Jews and the other peoples, the barriers that were broken down, the values that we worked on, or the repercussions of all these in the following chapters of the book of Acts. We don't have this time. As you know, I love to speak. I would like to speak for a day or two. We don't have this time. And so I would like to call you to pay attention, to put your attention. Our attention must return to the key words. The way the Lord leads Peter supernaturally so that family from another nation may be blessed. For the truth to be shared and lives to be saved. Peter starts his speech in that house, in the house of that family, telling us that now I really know that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation. God does not show favoritism. Cornelius was a Roman. It's not Cornelius. When we look to these faces here, and when we look to all these flags around us, what do you feel about them? How do you feel about these rich people that you don't know? Cornelius was a Roman centurion. He was a leader, he was respected. And Peter was there now, on his house. He and his family were devout and God-fearing, generous and fervent in prayer. A Roman who believed in the God of the Jews. Good man, respected, but something was missing there. Jesus. They didn't know Jesus. Done everything right living the right way, but they didn't know Jesus. This is what was missing to them. And so we have Peter. Peter, a Jew, servant of Christ, who had walked with the Lord Jesus during his ministry, experienced his presence and power, saw his miracles, heard his teachings and commandments, witnessed his resurrection, powerfully preached his message, of repentance and salvation in Christ, who performed miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. Two different men, different situations, different nations, different thoughts, different mindsets, different beliefs. Faced with, these, with his tradition, Peter understands what the Lord told him about those who were considered Gentiles by the Jewish as you know, the Jewish could not be in another house to sit at a table, to eat with other people, with other nations. So exclusively. They were the people of God and they thought that God was their God, only to them. But God showed, but God has shown me to Peter that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. The Lord prepared, 
the whole environment for his mission to be fulfilled. He does. Peter recognizes God's direction and gives himself as an instrument in his hands. How to understand God's direction. How to understand where God wants you to go. One year and six months ago, when we arrived here, we arrived here, Claudia was having classes in the Holy Trinity Church. And I went there just to pick her up at the end of the class. And I met the new vicar of that church. And he came to me and said, oh, you are Paulo, the missionary from Brazil. And I said, yes, how do you know? Everybody knows everything here. <laughs> yes, the notice flies. Yes. And he said, it's so interesting to think about this, to think about you and Claudia being here. And I said, yes, why? He said, because a few years ago, we sent missionaries all around the world. We sent the message of Jesus Christ to places where everyone has stayed before. And now you are coming to here. Do you know what is the reason? And I said, God has his plans. And I'm here. I don't know why to come for a Protestant country, a Christian country, if I can do this, if I can say this. Why to come here? Why to go to other nations? How to try to understand a new people? How, how and why to try to speak another language? I was thinking last night, and this night was so short thinking about this here, that Peter arrived there in a Roman house. They speak Italian at that time. And Peter speaks Aramaic. Aramaic. Aramaic? Aramaic, yes. It's another language. But they had a language in common. Do you know what, else, what it was? The Greek. And they were speaking a different language, both of them. Respecting each other. But at the same time, God was working on their hearts. In a different situation, they didn't know how far God was going with them and with their lives. I can imagine Peter on the way with those guards, with those servants, going from Joppa to Caesarea, leaving that area in Judea, going to Samaria. I can think and I can imagine Peter remember himself about the words of the Lord Jesus. Go. Go to all nations. Go and make disciples. Go. Go and preach the gospel to all creation. Go. Share what you have. Tell others what you believe. What changed your heart and transformed your life? Peter goes. The message of Jesus Christ is shared. And the blessing of salvation reaches Cornelius and his life, his family. Praise the Lord for them. Praise the Lord because Peter understood God's will. Praise the Lord because others are going until now. 
How often are you, are us, available to hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ telling us, do not hesitate to go. Do not fear. I'm with you. I'm sending you. I'm telling you where to go. And I'm telling you what to do. In the following verses that we didn't read, all that amazing thing happened in Cornelius' house. Peter asked, why? You want me here? And Cornelius said, I don't know. God tells me. God told me. So what are you doing here? What do you want to tell me? And Peter starts to talk about Jesus and everything that he is. And that family is blessed with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And their lives are changed. And uh, we can understand that Cornelius became from a centurion of Rome to a soldier of Jesus Christ. It's amazing to see how God's changed our lives. But again, the question is for us. How often we are available to go? We are available to share, to share, to show others what we are. Go. Go to all the nations is what God calls us to do. God calls us to go to all the nations. I could maybe choose a lot of missionaries to share with you some histories. But I choose this one. This guy is Ronaldo Lidório. He's a Brazilian missionary. In his youth, he went to Guinea-Bissau and to Ghana and spent maybe, spent maybe 10 years or 12 years of his life there. Go back to Brazil, go back to Africa, and let maybe 12 churches planted in Ghana among the Kokomba people. He wrote, he translated the Bible to these people into their language, and he left the people there with pastors, with ministers, with missionaries to go to other tribes, to go to other peoples, and went to other places. Went back to Brazil to know Seu João, Mr. John, in Brazilian expression. This is just to put us in the place in the map. This is Brazil. The green part is Brazil. I think that here is where we are. Yes, could you see that circle there? This is us. Now, and this is another part of this history. It's the center of the Amazon, the forest, that you have heard a lot about that in these last months. Tribes, many tribes of indigenous people live there. We know that at least 135 never had contact with the white man or the civilization or something like that. And Ronaldo Lidori went there, went there in one of these tribes, trying to make some contact with them and to share the gospel with them. And after walk for four days, in rivers, walking through the rainforest in the woods, with a guide, with somebody that knew that place, but never had contact with that tribe, that tribe, the different people, different names. 
And when he arrived there, for his surprise, he met the people preparing the tribe, putting some logs around the center of the, tri the, the tribe to have something in that night. And he tried to introduce himself and talk a bit with the translator, with the guide, and ask them, what will happen here this night, tonight? And they said, oh, we have a service here. And uh, Ronaldo said, oh, no, they didn't understand what I asked. What they have tonight here, what they will have? And again, the guy, the Indian, said to him, oh, we have a service tonight. And we invite the other tribes to be with us. It will be a joint service. And he said, how does it happen? Are you believers? Do you believe in Christ? And they answered, yes, of course. Aren't you? Aren't you? And he said, yes, I'm a minister. I'm a missionary. I'm here to talk to you about Jesus. And they said, no, we already know Jesus. We have six churches in our tribes. And almost all of us live to serve Jesus Christ. And he asked, who told you? Who shared this message with you? And they said, oh, Seu João. Seu João? Mr. John. Yes, Seu João. This tribe is right in the center of the Amazon, like this, center of the forest. And Ronaldo would like to know who is Seu João and look for him and find or found his house, a small house in the river. He was a fisherman, what we call Ribeirinho, a riverside habitant. And Ronaldo was there and showed himself to Seu João. He waved a hand and said, hello, good morning, who are you? And he said, oh, I'm Ronaldo. I'm a missionary. I came here to visit you and to hear about this tribe and everything that you did. And Seu João said to him, wait, wait just a minute. Mary! Maria, bring the children. The real missionary arrived. <laughs> and he came to talk with us and tell us Jesus' story. Came. Bring the family. The real missionary arrived. Six churches planted. Three tribes reached. And now he understood that the missionary arrived. Who was the missionary? Who was the missionary at that point? God is working. God is really working. He's doing. God's, God doesn't need us to fulfill his mission. But he wants us to be part of that. He called us to be part of that. He gave us the privilege to be the instruments on his hands. He's counting on us to do this. How grateful I am. How grateful I am to the Lord because one day somebody called by him 
understood the privilege of being an instrument in God's hands to go to Brazil and share Christ's love for my nation and his forgiveness for my sins. How grateful I am to the Lord that I had in my life the opportunity to go to places I never, never imagined going to in order to bless those people with the word of salvation in Jesus Christ. How thankful I am for being here, for being with you, and could challenge you to go. Go to all nations. Go to all people. God called us for a task that looks impossible, but it isn't, because it's His mission. It's His task. I would like to end with a short story, I promise you. And the title is The Rice Fields. Several centuries ago, there was a church that greatly contributed to the spread of the gospel in the East. It was called the Nestorian Church. One day, one of his missionaries came to a small village next to a large rice of field. There, he began talking to the locals about Jesus. Before long, some of them converted. Weeks later, during a service where the missionary talked about how we should witnesses, witness and talk about Jesus to others, one of the new converts asked that missionary, how far should we go to talk about Jesus to others? The missionary looked up, looked to the rice field and asked, at the harvest, how far will you reap the rice. And the man quickly said, until the last plant, answered the peasant, for this is the field which the Lord Jesus gave us, until the last to be harvested, said the missionary. This is our field. This is what God calls us to do and to be. This mission is huge. It is difficult, but it is possible, again, because it's God's mission, and He is with us to the ends of the earth, to all nations, that God of the universe may see His name adored and glorified today and forever. May God bless us. Amen.